Welcome to the World We Got This podcast, brought to you by King's College London. In this series, we take a look at the complex issues we face in the world today. We ask those researching and studying these fields about the scale of the challenge and ask them what society and each of us as individuals can do to help solve it. Hello and welcome to this episode of the World We Got This In Conversation podcast. You're about to listen to a conversation between PhD student Maisa Edwards and Dr. Andresa de Souza Santos, director of the King's Brazil Institute. Maisa's PhD research studied the evolution of Brazil's diplomatic and defense relations in the zone of peace and cooperation of the South Atlantic, or Zopacus. Zopacus is a maritime zone of peace established by the UN General Assembly in 1986. Through her research, Maiza found that attempts to revive the Zopacus are being driven by the Brazilian military due to their interest in addressing growing security threats in the South Atlantic. Her research draws out the nexus between development, defense, and security in Brazil's defense agenda in the South Atlantic and the role of the Zopacus within it. In this episode, Maiza talks about her experience doing a joint PhD with the King's Brazil Institute and the University of Sao Paulo. She also talks about the research and life skills she developed through the many challenges she faced in completing her PhD during the COVID-19 pandemic. Maiza shares advice for PhD aspirants on how to thrive in their research career. Let's get on to the episode. Welcome to the podcast uh, World We Got This. I am Dr. Andresa de Souza Santos, Director of the King's Brazil Institute, and I have the honor to have with me today Dr. Maisa Edwards, who just finished her PhD, a jointly degree with uh, King's College London and the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil. And Maisa is going to tell us a little bit of her journey in getting this PhD done. Uh, Maisa, thank you for joining us. I would like to hear from you, why did you decide to do a PhD? Thank you, uh, Andres, and thank you for the lovely welcome. Wow, so in terms of my PhD journey, well, I think, first of all, it's important to say that I did my master's at King's College London with the King's Brazil Institute, and I had a wonderful time studying Brazil in global perspective as a master of science. And I loved doing this course. It was all around international relations of Brazil. And I took modules on Brazilian security, Brazilian culture, Brazilian foreign policy. And through studying Brazil in more depth, um, a little kind of note, uh, I'm half Brazilian, half British. So I always had a strong personal connection with Brazil. But doing my master's, you know, studying Brazil in more depth uh, at master's level was kind of my real sort of conduit to thinking about continuing further study. And after having had great time doing my master's and writing a dissertation on the South Atlantic, more specifically looking at Anglo-Brazilian diplomatic and defense relations during and after the Falklands Malvinas War, I realized that um, looking at diplomatic and defense relations and the South Atlantic in particular was something that I really enjoyed. 
Therefore, when I was thinking about pursuing a PhD, I thought to myself, if I'm going to, to do this, I'd like to do a doctorate in international relations. And I want to focus on the South Atlantic. I was very lucky to be supervised at master's level by Dr. Vinicius Marinj Carvalho. And he and I kept in touch, you know, during the immediate post-master's period. And he said to me, have you thought about doing a PhD? And I said, well, I have thought about it. <laughs> However, you know, what would this entail? I know it's four years and I, I know that there's this amazing opportunity of a joint international relations PhD between King's and the University of Sao Paulo. So if I were to do a PhD, I wanted to do that one. And it so happened that I was accepted to do the joint international relations PhD. I was very fortunate to get full funding from King's College London. And yeah, that's a little bit about how I kind of got there really from master's to then moving into doing the PhD uh, a year later. Thank you, Maisa. It was amazing. My next question, somehow you answered a little bit because I was going to ask you to tell us a little bit more about what was your PhD on. You already mentioned there was Fox on the South Atlantic, but I think uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit more in detail what was your key objective and mainly like what changed from when you thought about doing the PhD and then what you actually end up writing. Absolutely. So my PhD research was uh, on Brazil and the South Atlantic, but more specifically, I researched what is called the Zone of Peace and Cooperation of the South Atlantic, which is known by the acronym ZOPACUS. So the ZOPACUS is a maritime zone of peace that was established by the UN General Assembly in 1986. And my PhD research was essentially investigating how did this zone of peace become established? How did it develop? There have been eight, as to date, um, July 2023, there have been eight ministerial meetings of this zone of peace. And Brazil has been an active member of this zone of peace. So in terms of my objective of my research, I wanted to answer my research question, which looked at how does Brazil use its membership of the Zone of Peace and Cooperation of the South Atlantic in its diplomatic and defence relations. And I had a principal time period from 1986, the year in which the Zone of Peace was established, until 2013, which uh, was the then most recent ministerial meeting which took place in Montevideo, Uruguay. And this year, we have had an eighth ministerial meeting of the zone, which for me as a scholar and researcher was obviously very exciting. So it's uh, been a busy but really exciting few years doing this doctorate. Excellent, Maisa. You mentioned that you had a scholarship. You know that for a lot of PhD students, funding and, you know, just surviving those uh, many years of heavy research commitment is a big challenge. And you were very fortunate and, and definitely very skillful to have secured a scholarship. But I'm sure you still had many challenges. Can you tell us a little bit what was uh, very challenging for you throughout those years and um, how you overcame those challenges? Absolutely. Thank you for your question. Um, so I think the biggest challenge with the PhD was that um, in my second year of my PhD, so a little overview to our listeners as to the structure of the joint PhD. For those of us who begin the joint international relations PhD at King's College London, we spend traditionally our first year at King's College. And then we go to the University of Sao Paulo, which is our joint um, affiliate university. 
either in our second or our third year. So I went to the Joint International Relations PhD kind of hub, which is essentially going to the Institute of International Relations Department at the University of São Paulo. I went in September 2019. And whilst I was there, this is my second year of my doctorate, the pandemic started at the end of March 2020. So that led to my having to pack up my apartment very rapidly at the end of March 2020 in Sao Paulo and get one of the last flights out of Brazil to come to the UK because although I am half Brazilian and I have family in Brazil, I made the decision very rapidly that I wanted uh, to come home. My parents, my partner are here in, the, in London, so I wanted to come home. And so that was essentially a very big challenge uh, to overcome. However, in terms of other sort of more research-related challenges, well, all I can say is I was very fortunate to have made my <laughs> my visit to the Brazilian Foreign Ministry, or as we say in Portuguese, Itamarachi archives, in early March of 2020 to do some of my field work and archive work that I needed to do. So I always thank my lucky stars that by some fortuitous chance, I actually did that uh, important field work that I needed to do at the archives before a week and a half later, manically packing up my apartment to come back to England in March 2020. So navigating the pandemic, I think, was definitely a kind of continuous challenge. I think when it came to adjusting my research uh, patterns and my research work. It was a struggle because obviously, you know, conducting of your research is very sort of, it, it's quite a solitary task doing a PhD. You know, you're responsible for your own research. It's up to you to kind of keep the momentum going. So trying to do that during a global pandemic with all the uncertainty and insecurity that that sort of generated was a bit of a struggle. But one thing though that I know that kept me going and also kept me kind of well supported was my family network. My partner, he and I have been together many years now. So that was wonderful to have that support system personally but also my incredible uh, PhD colleagues in the Brazil Institute. We spoke to each other on like a weekly basis. We would have our catch-ups over WhatsApp or FaceTime or just kind of call each other to be like, hey, are you okay? Things go all right, you know? So uh, that was great. I also had my three uh, supervisors. So Dr. Vinicius Marinho Carvalho at King's, uh, Professor Anthony Pereira, who's my second supervisor at King's, and Professor Rafael Vila at the University of São Paulo. So I had three supervisors who were always open, very communicative. I knew that I had somebody that I could always call if I needed to. So in terms of kind of keeping momentum, I think I managed to do that uh, successfully due to friends, family, my partner, my academic cohort. But yeah, that was probably, I think, the biggest challenge with the PhD. It wasn't even necessarily the carrying out of the research because I've always thankfully loved doing my research, but more the sort of very odd circumstances that we were all sort of navigating as a world with it when it came to the pandemic. That's an incredible story because a PhD has so many challenges. It doesn't need a pandemic in the middle of it yes. to, to be, you know, like a difficult step in a career. You mentioned um, uh, your field work and uh, we know that doing field work and doing field work in Brazil, doing field work amid the pandemic and doing field work as a woman, um, those are all intersections of challenges. So can you tell us a little bit more um, how it was to design your fieldwork, to redesign your fieldwork after, you know, the pandemic, 
the challenge and, and maybe some lessons that uh, you'd like to share for other people who are listening to the podcast and thinking about doing a PhD and doing field work? Yes, absolutely. With regard to developing my field work, well, because I'm looking at a maritime zone of peace and how it developed essentially from 1986 until 2013, although I include some considerations up until the present day, this meant that I was reliant on looking at archives, but also on doing interviews. So when it came to structuring my uh, methodology, I quickly realized that it made sense to use triangulation methods, not only to ascertain and support the veracity of the information that I was, I was getting and I was finding, but also to be able to provide a structured and developed approach to my, to my research. So in terms of organizing my fieldwork, I knew that I wanted to visit the Brazilian Foreign Ministry archives. They are based in Brasilia. And because I knew that until 2000, the majority of the, the archives are all paper. So I knew that I needed to go there in person, which is why I'm so thankful that I went before the pandemic exploded. I went in early March. So I went to Brasilia and waded my way through all these boxes in the in the basement of the uh, Itamarachi archives and luckily was able to find everything I needed. I also looked at the Introdoc system, which is an online system that the Itamarachi has that has their telegrams from 2000 onwards. So in terms of conducting my research, I knew that I needed to be very focused in terms of being able to access exactly what I needed. So I developed a kind of key terms database for myself, which I could then use to sift through the information more accurately. So with regard to the fieldwork that I did in person, they were linked around the uh, fieldwork that I did in the Brazilian Foreign Ministry archives with the paper and the digital documents, which are the telegrams, dispatches, reports produced by the Brazilian Foreign Ministry from 1986 to 2013. That was my time frame. And then when it came to the second and third uh, empirical data sets that I developed, The second was analyzing documents from the UN Digital Library. So this was an enormous blessing because the UN Digital Library is all online, it's digital. So throughout the pandemic, I was thankfully still able to work and find new data uh, through accessing the UN Digital Library. It had all the letters, uh, verbatim reports, it had the resolutions, everything that I needed in terms of my my research. So thankfully, because it was all digital, I was able to still access it. And with regard to the elite interviews that I conducted, I did the first two in person, the first being in Rome. My interviews were all elite and they all gave me consent to obviously be named in all my research, which was wonderful because when you're conducting research at this level, I think you know, having that that consent and having that open line of communication is really amazing. So I actually interviewed former foreign minister Antonio Patriota at the embassy when he was the then Brazilian ambassador to Rome. So I got to go there and sit with him in this incredible office in, in the Piazza Navona in, in Rome and speak with him. I also interviewed uh, former defense minister Nelson Jobim in Sao Paulo, which is really cool. And those were the two in-person interviews that I did. And then when it came to the following ones because of the pandemic, 
we all became very well acquainted to, to Zoom, of course. I think until the pandemic, none of us knew what a Zoom was, but we all very quickly learned what that was. So I then did the others on Zoom. So I reached out to the other interviewees, including His Excellency um, Sal Swamuring, and he responded affirmatively, which was, again, an absolute privilege. So I managed to interview Celso Mori online. So in terms of for any prospective researcher and adapting to fieldwork, it is truly adapting because you never know what's the, as we say in Portuguese, you never know the day of tomorrow, what's going to come. So it's all about adapting, making sure that you are prepared and as organized as possible. And when it comes to any sort of sources, the UN Digital Library is a wealth of information and it's all online so that was great and yeah when it came to sort of transferring those skills as well of the research and where I plan to kind of go on from there I think when it comes to the conducting of any research you, I think organization is key if you're organized and you're able to structure the information that you need to gather you know what the key terms are you'll always be able to hopefully find a way of obtaining the information that you need to then sit in a nice, quiet, relaxed space and, and go through it all. Excellent. I, I think besides like adapting and having like very good organization skills, what I also learned from you here is that you should get your key sources as soon as you can. Yes. So you mentioned like that you start going straight to your archival material that you really need, that you knew was only on paper, that you also start downloading the online materials. And you went to your very key interviews like the, that you had, and you, you managed to have some two very important high-profile interviews before the pandemic. And if you don't prioritize, if you don't start with your really top material, then probably you'd have not had access to any of those before the pandemic. So here I, I, I learned something very important from what you said, which is um, start from, from the most important things. Uh, as you said, you never know the day of tomorrow. But talking about the day of tomorrow, I was thinking about when you were telling me that is also the amount of skills that you gain uh, throughout the PhD, which are not only related to research, like archival research, writing, synthesizing ideas, but also this idea of you know, taking uh, quick decisions, trusting your intuition, you know, keep the, the motivation going. And so you, you mentioned lots of skills that uh, one person acquires during the PhD and that are also very important skills for later on to apply at any sort of work, whether related to academia or not. So maybe you could tell us a little bit of what you are doing now and how you think the PhD has helped you to, to be where you are. With regard to, I think, skill set as well, a note on that is that when it comes to doing the PhD, I think you develop a very high level of resilience. You become very good at sort of having kind of core convictions, not only about your research, but about your kind of approach to conducting research, be that your field work and interviews that you have to do. So I think when it came to developing my sort of repertoire during the PhD, one of the things that I knew that I wanted to kind of keep building on in terms of my own skill set was to become, I guess, the best researcher that I, that I could be. 
And that involved, of course, paying you know meticulous attention to my written work, making sure that um, my analysis was at the best quality that I could provide, the interviews that I conducted. So I did semi-structured elite interviews with senior Brazilian foreign and defense personnel. And so just making sure that everything I did, I took the time to adequately prepare for it and when I was undertaking the tasks that I could do them you know on a day where you know I was able to do the best that I could but in terms of carrying over those skills so I have been teaching at King's College London as a graduate teaching assistant for the last three years in the departments of international development and war studies and that has been really exciting teaching first and second year undergrads in both those departments more specifically looking at uh, an introduction to development studies and war society. So I guess in terms of being able to transfer knowledge, that's a really nice way of being able to teach students the knowledge that I've gained through all my years of research, but also being able to keep them excited, engaged and wanting to kind of be motivated with their own studies. And in terms of how the PhD kind of supported me as to where I am now, Well, I was lucky enough that as soon as I passed my PhD viva uh, on the 6th of June 2023, I began a new job. So I am a policy researcher at the apolitical nonpartisan think tank Respublica. And I also work with the Lifelong Education Institute. So I work uh, on a team with my friend and colleague, Dr. Marius Ostrovsky, and um, my other team members who are, who are really wonderful. And we work predominantly on education policy. And that has been really great because it's allowing me to kind of bring over my skills as a researcher, but also all the skills that I've developed, especially more client facing. So I've been entrusted to do all sorts of project development and speaking with clients. Uh, I actually have a meeting next week at the Brazilian consulate, which I set up uh, as part of now my new role in this think tank, having conversations with them about foreign language skills and just being able, I guess, to continue to try and be as hardworking as possible, you know, be focused on what I need to do, but also be open to new opportunities. Thank you so much, Maisa. Although we know it's a bit unpredictable, I wanted to ask you if you have plans for, for your thesis, if you're thinking about publishing it as papers or maybe a book, or if you need some resting time and some downtime from your PhD, let us know. Yeah, so with regard to my thesis, I, I have two plans. So I was very lucky in May this year to publish an article as part of my research group It's an article single authored by, by me uh, in the Conflict Security and Development Journal about my PhD research. So it was essentially a review of official Brazilian defense documents, linking it into an analysis of the zone of peace and cooperation in the South Atlantic, as well as some current considerations on South Atlantic security. So in terms of output, luckily, I already had this, you know, tier one uh, article come out uh, shortly before my PhD viva. So I felt that that gave me a level of confidence to know that, you know, my work had already, you know, a section of it at least had already been peer reviewed, it'd been accepted, it was in this journal now and being disseminated around the world. I've had some amazing messages from scholars in India and the States and South Africa and Brazil, of course, and in Europe saying, oh, we have read your work and we'd like to discuss it with you. And I was like, absolutely, that would be my enormous pleasure to talk about the Zona piece, uh, whatever you like. So that was already a sort of catalyst for me to kind of, I guess, know that I was able to publish 
material from my thesis in a good journal and to think about these next steps. So in terms of my two directional approach, my idea would be to turn a couple more of the sections of my PhD thesis into articles. I think I would like to turn my first uh, triangulation chapter, which is a more kind of historical overview chapter into an article. And then with regard to next steps around the rest of the thesis, I would like to turn my thesis itself into potentially a monograph or a book. I think the whole thesis as itself would work quite well as a standalone book, but I would like to get some other publications out as well in terms of just kind of, you know, utilizing what I've researched, what I've put together and making sure that I can continue to publish good quality research as well. That's a very good plan for those listening to us who don't know about much about the publishing landscape. Usually uh, we follow the order. We first publish some articles that need to be very regional. And then later we can publish the book and the book can have a few chapters that were already published as articles. So what Dr. Maisa Edwards is planning sounds amazing. So Maisa, finally, it would be very good for people who are listening to us to hear your final comments, like which other points that I did not ask you, but you thought it was very essential for completing your PhD, for completing it so successfully, which elements you want to share with uh, those listening to our podcast today? Thank you for your question, Andresa. With regard to kind of any sort of final advice to those thinking about pursuing a PhD? Well, doing a PhD is a lot of work. It is something that requires a lot of perseverance, but it is also something that is incredibly enjoyable. You are able to produce essentially what is a book or a collection of journal articles from your research. Uh, you get to meet the most amazing people. I feel like the friends that I've made throughout my doctorate will truly be friends that I'll have for the rest of my life. The opportunities that I've had through the joint international relations PhD has afforded me the opportunity to study in Brazil, to also visit and take part in international conferences. Uh, whilst I was at King's College London doing the PhD, I was you know, invited to, uh, to teach as a graduate teaching assistant, to run workshops on research, but also develop a project of mine, which is outside of my PhD research. And that is the Talk Books With Me Multilingual Literature and Multicultural Literature Community Project that I've developed since February 2021. And actually, through my uh, friendships and connections with the School of Global Affairs, I was able to run several seminars linked to my multilingual literature project, including looking at uh, works in translation, women authors, multicultural literature, and putting together some really interesting work on trying to further interest and further reading in different languages. So when it comes to doing a PhD, I would say that having individual motivation is super important. Having good friends with whom you can, you know, collaborate, talk to, share the experience with. Obviously, um, my partner, and my family were incredibly instrumental in keeping me focused, especially throughout the crazy time of the pandemic. Have a great relationship with your supervisor. You know, they are there to help you. They're there to support you. So work well with the people that have been entrusted to assist you in the PhD process. And have a good time. Doing a PhD is, like I said, it's it's a journey, but it's also an amazing opportunity to produce original research that you can be proud of. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Maiza Edwards, for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Thank you for having me on. I hope that my insights will help future and prospective students who are thinking about doing a PhD. And uh, yeah, I hope I'll see you guys on campus or at conferences or in the workplace. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The World We Got This In Conversation episode with Maiza Edwards and Dr. Andresa de Souza Santos. You can learn more about Maiza's research on the website of the King's Brazil Institute. This episode was brought to you by the School of Global Affairs. It was produced by Meghna Chaukar and edited by Rachel Wall. You have been listening to The World We Got This podcast. To find out more about the research at King's on this and other global challenges, please visit our website, kcl.ac.uk. Please review, subscribe and share the podcast so you don't miss an episode and it's easier for others to find out about the series.